Welcome to the Half Yard Line. I'm Tim. I'm Luke. And this is the first in our series of uh, free agency. First week of free agency has just wrapped up. And here we are to talk about, uh, we call it a week. I guess it's not really a whole week yet, Luke, right? They started in the middle of the week and uh, yeah, we see true. where it goes. Yeah. Um, uh, but we've wrapped that up. We are, we're going to walk through division by division with you, talk about all of the different teams and what they've done and haven't done, holes they've filled and haven't filled, and who's moving, who's staying, who signed their guys, who lost their guys, and who picked up bright, shiny new objects to entice their fans with more and more hope for a season that will probably not result in the desired outcome. Before we dive into that, do check us out on the socials, at HalfYardLinePod on the socials, HalfYardLinePod at gmail.com. If you're more of the email variety, we'd love to interact with you guys in that way. Give us a like, subscribe, follow on the social media pages, but also on the podcast app of your choice. Uh, we'd love to do that. Help grow the pod, get the algos burning in our favor. Um, but Luke, I don't know. So week one of NFL free agency 2023, always exciting. The legal tampering period has passed. We're signing deals now. Um, any any big picture thoughts before we dive into the AFC South? Um, I think in the main, it's it's probably less splashy so far than last year. I mean, last year was headlined by you know a quarterback changing location every five seconds, a star wide receiver being traded, yep. an edge rusher. I didn't think as we went through the uh, the team by team sort of off season preview podcast. Check those out if you uh, have not already. We did one for every single team. It was more a case of saying, yeah, there's some good guys out there. You know, there's some good players. There's some solid vets. There's a smaller handful of big names. But even those guys, I didn't feel like were lighting up Broadway, so to speak. It wasn't last off season. The the bigger names on the market are guys that kind of semi aren't on the market, like Lamar Jackson, like Aaron Rodgers. So those dominoes yet to fall as we sit here um, recording this on the Sunday after free agency opened. So I think it's more a case if you look at some signings and go, oh, yeah, he's a good player. I like that one. Rather than going, wow, they signed yeah, Tyreek Hill or Devontae Adams or whoever else was moving all of, of last year. So I think it's it's a kind of similar to the draft that's upcoming in some ways, which we'll get into more as that nears. A lot of very good, a lot of good, not so many, wow, amazing superstar type uh, type dudes on the move. So the AFC South, as you mentioned, kind of fitting that bill. If we look at the Texans, I mean, they just, I just put warm bodies is what I put down in my notes as far as <laughs> acquisitions. I mean, they've made a bunch of moves. This is a team that was the second worst team in football last year and very arguably the worst team apart from the crazy finish to the season. You know, they're looking at a rebuild. They're looking at a new quarterback at the second overall pick. They've brought in a bunch of guys, you know, again, nothing too splashy. You look at guys right. like Rankins, Winovich, Questenberry, Andrew Beck, Woods, Mike Boone. I mean, these Hassan Ridgeway, these are just solid veteran guys who they've brought in to kind of augment that organization. I think the biggest news really for them is what happened this morning, just before we hopped on to record. They've done two big pieces of business, one of which is the expected trade of Brandon Cooks, which we talked about on the Texans preview that we did. Um, I think everyone knew that one was coming. They traded him to the Cowboys, which I think is actually a great move for Dallas as well. So we'll get into that. Um, they've traded him. And for those of you not familiar with the geography of the state of Texas, Houston, Dallas, not that close together. That's a flight. He's not driving. <laughs> yeah. I mean, nothing in Texas is close together, I think is a fair assumption to make. But um, he's he's on, on the move again. The fourth time he's been traded in his career, which ties the NFL record. 
he, that says something. I don't know what it, it, people he, want you, but once you know they have even, you, they don't anymore. Yeah, you know what's even know. stranger is he's there's there's two other players, and I can't remember for the life of me the one the other one, but the other one of the three guys who's been traded four times is Brandon Cooks now and Eric Dickerson, Hall oh. of Fame running back Eric Dickerson. Yeah, was traded four times in his career, so an interesting uh, situation for old Brandon. Um, I wonder if he been, added up the total trade compensation people gave up to get them. Yeah, they like, do. Yeah, they do this be an sometimes. Article. In, uh, in soccer, of which I am a big fan, they'll do like cumulative transfer fees for one player. Yeah. It's a guy a who keeps dollars. getting sold over and over and over <laughs> again. Um, so it accrues quite a lot of, of notional value in the market. But um, yeah, that was the one big piece of, of news from Houston. The other one was a player that they were rumored to perhaps be trying to move as well, Laramie Tunsil. Um, he of the Gas Mask Bong draft night video and subsequent all-pro career. <laughs> but he's staying in the Lone Star State, and they gave him a fat new contract to make him the highest paid tackle in the league again. They've already done that once three years ago. Now they did it again. So he'll be sticking around to protect the blind side of presumably Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. Yeah, who's yeah. going to be coming in. Um, but their they're free agency acquisitions, the, one, the only one that I thought really intrigued me was probably Jimmy Ward from uh, San Francisco. Like he's a really good player, gives you some versatility on the back end. I mean, when we did the preview, we said, Houston could just sign a player at any position on foot, on the football field and it would help them. And I think in terms of Im- more impact free agents, if you want to talk about that, I'd say Jimmy Ward is one. The other one, Shaq Mason, who they traded for from Tampa Bay, which was a bargain. I mean, they traded a sixth for Shaq Mason at seventh. Shaq Mason is a very good player. Like that's a, a big win. And if you're fortifying the offensive line in front of a rookie as we expect, or on Case Keenum, who they brought in, maybe he starts a couple of games. You know, you're giving them protection, which is a good thing. Although you have just traded away the number one wide receiver, so you need to fill that hole too. Because Robert Woods, I can tell you, ain't it. Yeah, I was about to say that's the one name you hadn't really tossed out there that I was waiting for. Bobby Trees, the one-year experiment in Tennessee. I'm bitter. Not that's why, as as you had perhaps hoped, we both liked that signing last offseason. Do we like it as much for Houston? I, I don't. Um, it's not a huge contract, but it's almost all guaranteed. Ten of the fifteen million is guaranteed. Are they asking him to come in there and be the one? I, I don't at that valuation. I don't think so. But they don't have anybody else either. Yeah, I mean, you you'd think there's more activity coming in the draft for that, right? I mean, we've seen so many second, third round wide receivers be productive. You would assume that's the direction they're going to go in. We spoke about it on a lot of the preview pods. It's not a bumper wide receiver free agency class where you can go after a huge name. So unless you're going to swing a trade for somebody, um, like we saw last off season, uh, you're not going to bring in that impact free agent. I mean, if they'd signed Jacoby Myers, would we be saying, oh, you know, that's an out and number one. Well done. Yeah, Bobby Trees is, you know, should be much better this year than he was last. Not that that's particularly hard. You know, he's another year removed from the ACL. So you think maybe back up to full speed again. He'll be your number two guy. He's a pretty reliable, apart from in Tennessee, where his his hands kind of went to pieces a little bit, but always been a reliable pass catcher. Short and intermediate routes. We do know, Luke, that... uh Tennessee is a place where you go for your wide receiver talent to die, and then when it leaves, it does okay. I just I remember all of the, the wide receiver threes from Pittsburgh sliding into Tennessee and becoming wide receiver ones for a minute and then losing the rest of their career. Very, but you think about guys like Julio Jones have come in and nothing for you guys. Do you mean Titans? Okay for Tampa? We, we've had a lot of Hall of Fame wide receivers, Tim, who have played for the Titans, which would appear on like a, a pub quiz trivia night. As Imagine these guys. Andre Johnson played for the Titans. Randy Moss played for the Titans. Played for the Titans. <laughs> you know, Julio uh, Jones, Julio Jones played, played for the Titans. Titans. These are guys who will appear on the old the old bingo card. So uh, yeah, Titans not exactly. But looking well back for identifying back the Texans. Yeah, right. Um, I I thought I always look for 
kind of interesting things. It's like Cleveland and Houston just decided to swap some players, right? So Cleveland <laughs> uh, picking up Ogbonia Akronko, uh from Houston. Uh, they also sent Jordan Akins to Cleveland, but they picked up Chase Vinovich back from Cleveland. So it's like, I, you know, obviously these things are completely unrelated. It's free agency. Guys can go where they want to go, but it did seem interesting that we seem to be just swapping talent with Cleveland. And I think about two stalwart members of the downtrodden franchise index just passing back and forth free agents at higher and higher prices and you go i think i may know why it's not working for you yeah not um yeah not a bumper group of free agents either leaving or incoming to houston really as we say that the two big pieces of news i think we we cover those are two obviously huge and impactful things that they do the brandon cooks thing mainly is just cap clearance because he was 20 million or something against the cap and you don't need to be paying him that and he definitely doesn't want to be there so that was a classic nba style salary dump over to dallas but moving on, Tim, to my least favorite franchise in the NFL, the Indianapolis Colts. Um, departures including Matthew Ryan, who has uh, been let go, unsurprisingly. Paris Campbell, who went to the Giants. And Gokwe, who's still on the market. Okereke, sorry, I always pronounce that wrong, uh, who's gone to the Giants. Stephon Gilmore, who they traded to the Cowboys, which I thought was an interesting one, as well as both their punter, Matt Hack, and Chase McLaughlin, the kicker. So I'm always keeping a keen eye on those. And the incomings, not really that exciting they brought in matt gay to fill the kick spot brought in samson ebucam brought in gardner Minshew is you know backup slash bridge quarterback i don't think it's a particularly interesting group of players this is just a team who seems to be trying to kind of rebuild on the fly almost i feel like maybe they throw Minshew and he starts some games win some games you presume a rookie's inbound to replace uh the outbound you don't M. think Ryan. gardner at, at a one-year three and a half million dollar deal is the plan Max value of five and a half with incentives, Tim. So that screams franchise quarterback in the making. But yeah, they're kind of fiddling around the edges a little bit. They didn't make any big splashy moves. Um, I think Ebucam is just a direct swap for Ngakwe, who they clearly are not going to bring back because they've given Ebucam three years, 27 million bucks. Um, They brought back Taekwon Lewis, so they hope he, he can give them some production off the edge brought ej speed back so maybe he slides I was about to the say, underrated spot. signing of the year for me yeah. is, is, is bringing back ej speed on a nice easy two-year love it or leave it it's you know it doesn't hurt them there's yeah. a guarantee of nothing it's basically we love you we want to keep you around for another year and we'll see if we still love you then i, yeah. I actually like him a lot he played a lot last year um with the injury to shaq leonard um which is used to be darius leonard it's not darius leonard anymore it's yes shaq leonard I, get, I keep getting confused by that. There's lots the of other It's uh, the Robbie Anderson changed his name to Chosen. Did you see that one? That was a good one. I, I did not. No, that's a good <laughs> Maybe one. But anyhow, he's, so yeah. yeah, the injury to Darius Leonard gave him a lot of field time. And I feel like while the team was not particularly good, he he showed at moments that he could get out there and be effective. And, and so I think that was for, for bringing back again. We don't have a huge free agency market this year, right? There's not a ton. We'll get to some, but there have not been a ton of huge names making the moves. And so I think when you and look at a free agency period and go, fine, there aren't any big names out there, but let's identify those little key cogs that maybe aren't the huge ones, but are important to keep the other ones spinning. And I think EJ Speed may have been one of those for those guys. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, if you look at the, the just the cost, I mean, Okereke goes and gets a bumper deal from the Giants. You don't want to be paying two linebackers a huge amount of money because Shaq Leonard's obviously already on a pretty sizable contract. So Speed yep. has been a more of a special teams guy, like you say, played well in his spot duty last year, gets a chance to start. It's not a premium position you want to be chucking money at. So two years, $9 million, you know, not much in the way of uh, promises there. So I think that works well for the Colts. Um, the Jags, Tim, anything interesting jump out to you from the Jags? It just seemed a little bit more like we'll run it back and hope for the best. Yeah, I mean, so they spent so much money last year um, that there's not, 
you, you almost couldn't compete with what they what they did in the offseason last year. Um, you know, I think the big name here, obviously, is they lost Juwan Taylor on a huge deal uh, to Kansas City um, at that right tackle spot. Obviously, Kansas City uh, losing talent at that spot, so they needed to bring somebody in. They picked Juwan Taylor to be that guy. I was more interested in this division of hearing about what happens to Taylor Luan, not Juwan Taylor, but, you know, hey, some name symmetry there. Um, nice. I, you know, at the the biggest name they've retained so far is Andrew Wingard. Okay, sure. You know, uh, a relatively inexpensive deal. I don't think he was a particularly key player for those guys. Maybe you're going to tell me I'm crazy. But, you know, they've lost more than they've gained. The only signing they have has been that retention. Um, so nothing happening in Jacksonville. Still Dwayne Smoot, Marvin Jones, those uh, dominoes yet to fall. Um, they didn't have a ton of free agents. They, they Again, they signed so many last year on deals that are obviously longer than one year. So not a ton of people leaving. Shaquille Griffin has had moments. He's going to be, I think, transitioning. Um, they're not in a cap position to bring back a ton more than they've already spent. So a relatively quiet period for Jacksonville. But if you average it out over the last couple of years, I think they were due for a quiet year. Yeah, I think you mentioned Juwan Taylor. That's, that's obviously a big loss. And Evan Engram... We thought, and we said this during the the Jacks, Jacksonville podcast we did before, but we thought they may struggle to bring him back from a cost basis. But they, they've tagged him, so it looks like he's going to be coming back. Had a kind of career year with with T Law in the uh, Jags offense, so we'll see how he gets on. The other guy that they lost um, is Arden Key. Uh, we talked about it in in that Jacksonville pod as well. They, they had a couple of these good, productive defensive linemen slash edge guys. Um, they brought back Roy Robertson Harris, which I think is a good a good get for them to keep him in house because very good player but you lose smoot who gives you that inside pass rush you lost key who gave you some uh pass rush off the edge so maybe you need to have a little bit more you know activity maybe it's something they look at in the draft it's an expensive position or they wait for a guy to uh to fall in their lap so to speak on a cheap contract so yeah the jags i think it made a lot of sense to keep things going and as you say if you average out their spending last year across two years it looks like a lot more logical because last year they spent all of Earth's money and this year they've spent a normal amount but just more of the retaining guys that they they already like that's so. right and now, finally to, uh, to yes to the, the real headline of the, the real headline South. of this which is the tennessee football titans tim oh what a year for the tennessee titans um real questions you know new gm there's lots of questions about what's what's the new GM going to do. Are they going to blow it up? Are they going to run it back? You've got incredible talent at several positions. You're losing a lot of key free agents. What happened? What did we do? How do we handle this, Luke? Um, well, we handle it by seemingly trying to ensure we have the most pissed off fans based on headline management possible <laughs> so far this offseason. <laughs> not so much highlighted by the moves that have been made by my beloved Titans, but the moves that have been rumored. There was a lot of scuttlebutt around the combine about the Titans are trying to trade Derrick Henry, to which the entire fan base wept collectively because we'd get nothing back for a 29-year-old running back who is a beloved heartbeat of the franchise and no one has any interest in trading him. He's like the only good offensive player we have. Uh, then in the last few days, there's been rumors of the Titans will try will cut Kevin Byard if they can't get him to agree to a pay cut, which is not great given that he's the best defensive player on the team outside of Jeff Simmons. And is still an all-pro and is not that old and the fan base loves him. So not been the best PR campaign from my Titans, I would say, and ran Carthon in his first offseason as a, as a general manager. The one thing I will say about all of those things is the Titans, for those unaware, because most people don't pay attention, do not tell anyone jack shit about what they're doing. Mike Rabel would rather dip his balls in lava than speak to the press. So <laughs> he never really... He learned uh, it from Bill. 
Yeah, he did very much learn from Bill. So listen, the scuttlebutt has depressed me, but nothing's come to fruition on that on that basis. So just to address those headlines, no, I don't want us to trade Derek Henry. No, I don't want us to cut Kevin Byard. Thank you. Um, however, the things that we have done, a lot of outgoing pieces for my Titans, as you mentioned, some of them good, some of them not very good. Um, guys like Demarcus Walker, David Long, Nate Davis, all signed elsewhere. I thought three guys that the team could prioritize bringing back. I like all three yeah, of those Nate players. Nate Davis was the one that I that I think hurts the most. Yeah, there was a rumor that Mike Rabel doesn't like him, so <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not. But the Titans have decided to go down the 49ers East or Southeast approach instead. So out goes Nate Davis to the Bears on a big contract. In comes Daniel Brunskill from the Niners, who is kind of a flexible offensive lineman, has played tackle, has played guard, has played center, and is a lot cheaper. So that seems to be more of a like-for-like. Like. Taylor Lawan, you mentioned his been cut for cap purposes. Andre Dillard was brought in from the Eagles as an offensive tackle, three-year, $29 million contract, former first-round pick who never really latched on in Philly um, in a starting role. Arden Key, we already talked about. That's kind of a straight, straight swap for DeMarcus Walker, almost even though slightly different position, but just pass rush production. And Aziz Alshire, Tim, one of your favorites, has come I over. I do love Aziz. Uh, David that was Long the one I was going to go to. You're, with you're the Dolphins. stealing all my thunder, Luke. Yeah. But I know you like Aziz, so I, I think that's why you're. I love him. You're 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 optimistic on that one. No, I think that's going to be. Listen, okay, you guys have opened up the 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 linebacker room a little bit, right? Of course, David Long leaving. You've brought in Aziz, one of my favorites. You've also brought in Luke Gifford at the spot. So obviously, there's going to be opportunity for guys to come in and show production, show that they can play. Uh, you're going to get snaps. You're going to get chances. And I to tell you right now. Players coming from the 49ers are not bad to have on your team. Um, and he was certainly serviceable out there on a team that had a hell of a defense. Um, obviously, they had other big names overshadow him at some level. But when you're picking off guys from a defense like that, I, I think you should be pleased is how I would define it. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, it, it seems kind of classic GMing in a way. The guys that have gone are being replaced by guys who are cheaper. That seems to kind of be the play. Um I, I like the key signing as well. He's a guy who had a lot of talent coming into the league, slipped a bit uh, in the draft, um, found his feet really with the Niners, but played for Jacksonville last year. So another Niner connection uh, in Nashville. So I think that's an, an interesting signing. I, I'm quite bullish on on his prospects coming in to add to that front, which obviously Bud Dupree being let go for cap purposes, um, freed up a spot in that pass rush, pass rush rotation opposite uh hopefully healthy again Harold Landry um the Dillard signing is interesting just because I think that was greeted with some skepticism because he's a guy who's never started despite well not started consistently despite being a first round pick the only thing I would say is his first year he sat behind Jason Peters who's a potential probable hall of fame left tackle who was still playing then this year after I think was the COVID year and he was injured and he missed most of the year so Jordan Jordan Mylata who then started has then kind of glommed on to that left tackle spot in Philadelphia um, so I think that's it's a bit of a gamble but if they can coach him up yeah. and Titans have had terrible offensive line play the last couple of years um, injuries and poor performance both so I'm happy to just bring a guy with talent and I think it's a case of when you're a first round pick opportunities do keep knocking much longer than they would if he was a fourth round pick you probably wouldn't see this kind of thing happening no I think that's right and and obviously you know, not the only player he brought into that spot. Daniel Brunskill as well, also from San Francisco on the underrated names leaving San Francisco this offseason. Uh, Tennessee picking up a couple of those guys. The one question I have for you in Tennessee, Luke, is the running back room is down to basically just Henry. 
So, you know, rumors about trading Henry, I know you, you're not a fan of those. I assume those are largely noise. <clears throat> but, I mean, is, are we going to bring in a free agent here? Is this going to be strictly draft management? Uh, you know, we don't like to talk about it, but Henry has had some injury bugaboos last year or so. Yeah, I mean, for now, I think the option has to exist to bring back Dontrell Hilliard, who was led the team in receiving touchdowns last year, is a good pass catching back, fits the offense, and has had some very productive rushing games as well and won't be expensive because he's not a primary you know a prime name hassan haskins well, unfortunately who, he plays in tennessee so no one knows who he is yeah i mean it helps us <laughs> keeps the cost down but um yeah the other guy we've got is hassan haskins who we drafted from michigan who's more of that you know kind of thumper type back um who can probably be more that true backup if we ever go down that route yeah, Henry Deontay Foreman did yeah. That. yeah not that there is one but yeah i mean i i think there will be some activity it will probably be bring back Hillary I think Vrabel kind of likes his guys I can see that happening um but it it does feed into the wider question of what the hell is the tight are the Titans doing um right. I appreciate we spend longer longer on the Titans than other teams because I'm a fan of the team but we're going to so live with it um the <laughs> the interesting thing is and I said this to you in a, in a in a text message which I found curious is we were debating back and forth about is this a blowing up is this a retooling what you right. know pick your term of choice you know, Tannehill's last year of his contract, Henry's last year of his contract. You hear the rumors about Bayern. Is this a move on and and start again? But the interesting note that I would just make to folks who think that that's the case, and you can chime in, was the Bud Dupree cut. Because Bud Dupree got cut. That was not a surprise. We said in the preview podcast, the Titans will cut Bud Dupree. He's too expensive. He's not productive and he's been injured. Um, yep. But they could have designated him as a post-June 1st cut and save more money than they did. Now, that didn't happen because the money that you you get from a post june 1st cut you can only spend after june the 1st so having it is only useful if you are kind of a crappy team who thinks we'll pick up some street free agents near the end of the season guys who get done and get let go in final cuts maybe make a trade near the season they actually cut him without that designation which saved them less money which seems to indicate the team wants to challenge more immediately than to say well we'll just kick the can down the road save some money and don't worry about it so that was an interesting one I'll play devil's advocate on that one a little bit, Luke. I think um, if you make them a June 1 cut, you need more money now this year. That the intent is to – a lot of teams are doing this now because you can roll over cap, and so might as well save next year's cap money, and then we'll figure if we don't use it, it'll roll over into the following season anyway. Uh, but I think you know, you, you and I are in a fantasy team, Luke, in the fir- a fantasy league together, and the first thing you did when you came in, you took over a really crappy team, is you cut a bunch of guys – and said, to hell with the cap. I don't care. I'm just going to take the dead cap hits. These are crappy contracts on crappy teams. Blow it up. And I think if you are trying to make things happen this year, that's when you get cute about using the post-June 1 uh, designation. That's when you get cute about adding void years to the end of contracts and extending them and then cutting them so that it's a longer – like the the things that teams do to make a couple million dollars more here and there this year I think are the ones who are really going at it this year. I think the Titans – are taking a measured approach. I worry that they're taking a measured approach right into that kind of quagmire of we'll be good yeah. enough but not good enough. Almost and, the pre-Vrabel you know, era where it's good. The good to great was the big talking point right when Vrabel came in. That's why Vrabel comes in replacing a nine right. and seven Mike Malarkey. We're tired of being a good a good organization. Right. Yeah, but no more eight and eight so, bullshit. Yeah, I mean, I think it'll be an interesting question, and and obviously we we do talk about the Titans, and we will talk more about the Steelers. And if you don't like it, find podcast hosts who like other teams. But uh, we appreciate. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, so that's going to do it for us here on the AFC South. We are going to go division by division through all of the NFL over the next uh, week or so here. Appreciate your time. Uh, do follow us on the social medias at Half Yard Line Pod, Instagram and Twitter. Give us a like, subscribe, rating, review on the podcast app of your choice would really help us in growing this thing. Um, if you like it, tell us, tell your friends about it, tell your family about it, tell your strangers about it, coworkers about it. Everybody knows people who like football. Everybody's trying to find football content this time of year because you know none of the mainstream media covers it twenty four seven, three hundred sixty five days a year. Anyway, yeah, so, less is spotted. Yeah, right. No, but seriously, let people know about it if you like what we're doing. We'd appreciate that. Um, but otherwise, I think that's going to do it for us here on the Half Yard Line. Check us out on the, any of the other divisions, the ones you like, the ones you don't like, the ones you don't care about. Until next time, peace out. Bye.